welcome to the 30 minute hour. It's the personal development podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Join me as always, you know him as the super CEO, business strategist extraordinaire, and all around good guy, Ted Fells. Good evening and happy Martin Luther King Jr. birthday. Absolutely. 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 It is officially Martin Luther King Jr. Day. What an awesome time to reflect on a great man who made a lot of sacrifices for a lot of people. Uh, It's interesting that his theme, the things he was focusing on, really ties into the theme of this episode. And we, we didn't really know for a fact when I first started talking to our guest that it would be on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So it's just interesting how things are going to align uh, with this episode. But, but truly, he's a great man and somebody throughout history that I, I admire. When you look at everything he's that he's went through, make just make life better and make sacrifices. Absolutely. So this is, this is certainly a great day. Uh, it is not your everyday podcast. No. So, Ted, we, we failed to properly warn Richard, our guest, um, that this is not your everyday podcast. We, we do things a little different here on the 30-minute hour. Uh, yeah. we, we have people that are watching us now live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. You can actually go back and listen to the replay of this episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or any of those other places. So this podcast is part of the 30-Minute Hour Media Group, right? 30, the 30-Minute 30 Hour Media LLC. It, it, it's part of the family. And we, we've got this other up-and-coming podcast that's a part of the family. And last week, they broke the internet. See, I, I think they, they had so many people online on their episodes called Cultivating Conversations with uh, Deja and DeAndre Parker. It's Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so they're, they're going to be on tomorrow for those of you that are watching us live. And their topic is going to be applying pressure in 2022. Definitely a show you don't want to miss. Applying pressure in 2022, cultivating conversations. It's part of the 30-minute hour media group, 30-minute hour family. Uh, make sure you check out Deja and DeAndre. Parker, and don't forget about the What Now movement. We talk about them every week. Uh, it's our group, What Now Movement Group. We want you to pivot when you face a struggle or you face adversity. Make sure you're pivoting. You don't want to stop. That's the spirit of the What Now movement. So make sure you go in, uh, join the group, hit that join button, and you can get all our great content. Today is Motivational Monday. You'll go in there and find some motivational videos um, that'll help you to move forward. And, and those of you that are watching this live, please go ahead and talk to us. This isn't just a one-way dialogue. Make sure you've got questions. Let me tell you, we've got somebody to, to hear today. I mean, he's the number one vascular surgeon in Australia. So, so he's got some answers. He, he was telling us, he was using some terms backstage. We're like, wow. <laughs> I, I've never heard just say that before. So this is going to be an interesting show. So, you got the man with all the answers, so you might as well bring your questions. Man, uh, you're, you're, 
you wouldn't be able to tell me anything, Eric, if I was the number one vascular surgeon. Then I'm afraid. I'd be walking around with a shirt that says, I'm the number one vascular surgeon. That's right. That's right. You would know. You would know. That's really cool. See, look ready. Look, looks like see, that's the kind of friend you want to have around. Look like you're ready to do some surgery if you ever need some surgery. Yeah. Right there, good. ready to go. Let's go, guys. <laughs> he is ready to make it happen. All right. All right. So, Ted. Yes, Eric. I've got something on my mind. Please share, Eric. So today, uh, I want to talk about how you can change your world for the better. Mm. How you can change your world for the better. And I'm reminded, it's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. It's the annual day. And there's a quote I came across that doesn't get mentioned a lot, doesn't get quoted a lot. And he says that change does not roll in on the wheels of inevitability, mm. but comes through continuous struggle. Mm. That's, that's what he said. And one of the things about Dr. King, I feel like he gets he gets glamorized. His life is glamorized. You see the statues, you see all the great quotes, you know, you see, you know, the, the streets that are named after him. And you think it was all glory and glamour, but that was far from true. I mean, let, I mean let's, let's look at this. I mean, he was assaulted physically on a regular basis. He was stabbed. He was criticized. He was imprisoned. Him and his family, their life was threatened on a regular basis. I mean, I remember they did, I was reading this book and they did an intervention where like all his friends and family surprised him at this location with the purpose of convincing, trying to convince him to leave the South. Mm. Like, look, you don't need this. Just go up north, get you a church up north. He's like, nope, I feel called to this. This is something I have to do. And then ultimately, he was shot. Mm. So, so it's not glamorous. He was he was he was, he was executed. Um, it, it was never a, a glamorous thing. It, it was a continuous struggle, and it was all about how to change the world for the better, right? And so it, you see the struggle, and I know we've got entrepreneurs that want to make changes, and they want to change things for the better, and then they have legitimately good ethics and, and a good purpose, but you're running into a struggle. So the question is, how do you change your world for the better? That, that's the question that's on the floor. Now, now, this is the part of the program where we need your undivided attention, right? I know we have a lot of people who listen to us while you're driving. This is the part where we need you just to pull over to the side of the road. Right? I know you're in the gym and you're on the treadmill. This is really where you need to press pause. Ted, anything else that people need to do? Richard, this is where you got to put the ham sandwich down. No matter how good the sandwich is, no matter what point you are in your consuming of the ham sandwich, this is where you put the ham sandwich down because it's about to get good. And we need you to listen up to this part here. I had a great breakfast, so I'm, I'm ready to listen. Let's do it. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> All right. So, so, so here it is. We really need you to lean in on this. We're talking about how do you change your world for the better? Here it is. You have to be able to imagine the dream even when you're experiencing a nightmare. True. You want to change your world for the better. You must be able to imagine the dream 
even when you're experiencing a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I see what you And doing. that imagination thing is critical. I mean, uh, Albert Einstein, one of the smartest people ever, he said imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to use that imagination when you're going through that continuous struggle. Uh, I bring that up because our guest today, he's a dreamer. Mm. And he's got a lot of talents. And he also has this thing where he wants to change the world for the better. Mm. But let's go ahead and introduce him. He's best known as one of Australia's top vascular surgeons Mm. and for spearheading the rebuild of a major metropolitan public hospital. He believes in equal access to the best possible health care, quality care delivered not only in Australia, but around the world. He's always had a yearning to set some dreams, adventures, and love down on paper. He's the author of the book, Imagine. It's a novel that does just that. He dreams for what a truly compassionate world could look like. Uh, His dreams for what a truly compassionate world could look like are woven into a beautiful love story and journey around the world which has been inspired by John Lennon's iconic song, Imagine. Please join me in welcoming to the 30 Minute Hour podcast, Dr. Richard A. Harris. Hey, thanks guys. Wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. What a welcome. Thanks a lot. And I love your thoughts to come into it too. Wonderful day to celebrate. What an amazing, amazing man, Martin Luther King. I mean, just ongoing inspiration and idealistic and wonderful, wonderful dreamer. You know? mm-hmm. So it's it's an honor to be here on that day with you guys in America. It's just incredible. And yeah, he really was an a amazing, inspirational human being. Yeah, it was interesting. So Dr. King inspired people around the world. I mean, you, you can be in Australia. And with the name Dr. Martin Luther King mentioned, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the guy with the dream. Mm. That's how you know you had an impact. Yeah. I mean, the courage and, you know, to to, to see, you know, documentaries and movies and, and, and written works about Martin Luther King is, is, is awesome. I mean, as you say, it wasn't all glamour. And mm. he's seen as this, this person of great success. But the suffering that he had to go through and what he saw and how he tried to lead, you know, his people and and all of America. I mean, it wasn't just about um, black versus white. It was about bringing people together. And mm. what, a, what an amazing vision. And mm. Obviously way ahead of his time and still working on all, all that. It's But it's, wow, you've got to start with somebody with that kind of ability to get the message across it. Of, of tolerance and of accepting people and yeah, mm. what an just an amazing guy and it's wonderful that he's celebrated so widely in america but yeah he's he's i think revered and loved all around the world and mm. he's certainly been one of my favorite characters of history for sure yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great yeah. excellent excellent well definitely we welcome you to the show and i want to roll back the clock and give everybody perspective uh, now so you have this passion for creative arts writing poetry music so, so what was it I mean, with all these creative passions what was it that inspired you to become a vascular surgeon that's an excellent question i mean 
I came from a, a funny hybrid background. I've got a um, sort of lower middle class engineer nerd father and a social butterfly Lebanese background mother, entrepreneurial like crazy and from her family. And um, I think, yeah, they were very encouraging. We had music. We had, we had uh, music was the big emphasis in our family. But um, there was still this sort of, well, you got to do a job. So, you know, what? What job are you going to do? What's going to be interesting? What's going to be challenging and academically interesting? And also for me personally, it was about people. So mm. Medicine kind of provided me with a, um, a way to be dealing with people in a kind of challenging and uh, I, I thought wonderful way. And, and it turned, as it turned out, it really was. So vascular surgery was a long way down the track. You know, I ended up in Oxford and teaching med students and doing surgery. And then I suddenly discovered this specialty of vascular surgery, which was massive operations you know we did we cut everything and massive cuts here and there I, I thought it was wonderful as a young surgeon but thank god it's changed now to this sort of high tech putting little punches in people and working on video screens and we hardly touch people now it's like we do it all on the inside and so it, it turned out really well because i don't i couldn't have stood a life of these big big operations that put people through hell uh, but yeah that's kind of i guess it was it was a profession that, that combined people and challenges and yeah, doing things like doing things with your hand that you can immediately change somebody's life. That was a yeah. massive, a massive um, incentive to, to do surgery. So, yeah, I mean, all of these other things I never, I never let go of. I never let, I didn't stop writing. I didn't stop doing poetry. I didn't stop being in bands and, my brother still plays in, in a uh, wonderful, you know, rock band. And I, I kind of lasted about five years in that, doing that sort of stuff. Just wonderful, great fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have the guts at that stage to carry through with those other passions. Um, they became kind of side sidelines for a while. And medicine's so all-encompassing and takes on, it just envelops you that you, it's, it's a bit of a struggle to maintain other passions, but medicine itself has been a pretty big passion for me. And, and uh, yeah, it's been wonderful to be able to help so many people, not hurt too many people over the years. So, Richard, yeah. Richard, Richard, my hat's off to you because the whole, the whole blood thing, the whole cutting, all that kind of stuff, man, I just... When I even just hear stuff like that, I get this tingle behind the back of my leg. Like, I, I just know I would have been no good so you know so my hat's off to you to be able to do it and those like you that yeah. you know, that have a you know a career and and in that field and a passion for it but just and then yeah. just do it yeah, we're kind of we're kind of the best at stopping people from bleeding so it's yeah know, we keep it to a minimum that's it that's it minimize that, that blood that blood uh the letting of blood yeah yeah just, just for our, our, our followers that might not be up on the medical terminology, what, what does a vascular surgeon do? So we, we kind of uh, do things to do with veins and arteries. So we go from like this afternoon, I'm cutting somebody's neck to clean out a carotid artery to stop them having a stroke. Um, so she had a little, you know, an episode last week where, uh, and then they found a narrowing in the artery. So I'm going to go in there and scrape out the, the, the disease in the artery and then put a little patch, stitch a patch onto the front of the artery. And she'll be fine. She'll go another 20 years and that won't, that narrowing won't come back and she won't have a stroke. 
um, today that I was doing burning, we were talking about burning veins and uh, I, was, I was doing lasers on varicose veins. So we go from sort of major abdominal aneurysms to people that sort of blow out arteries in their tummy and uh, we're sticking stents up inside the artery to stop the blood from getting out into the aneurysm and bursting and killing them. Uh, we're fixing blocked arteries, so plumbing, we're kind of like human plumbers. So we're, we're kind of going through with wires and x-ray machines and going across blockages in arteries and then scraping out the disease in the artery and putting balloons inside temporarily to open the artery up. So it's all high tech now, um, vascular surgery. It's, it's a wonderful change. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically, yeah, human plumbing. It's, it's uh, human, human plumbing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You want a human plumbing. Yeah. In the pipes open. So you got blood to your legs. So people block arteries in their legs. They can't walk very far. So we, we open the artery up so the blood can get back down there and they've got enough to, uh, to walk. So yeah, it's it's wow. it's a whole bunch of it's, we're in every part of the body, we're kind of legs and pelvises and tummies and chests and necks and things. So it's it's good, and anatomy wise, we're all over the place. It's, it's a very interesting, high tech uh, profession now. But it, yeah, it used to be this big, all these big slashes and putting bypasses in people, and yeah, that's all changed, which is wonderful for the patients mostly. Uh, yeah. So that's what yeah, I learned. A new, I, did, I learned a new term today: burning a vein. Yeah, uh, I find a way to use that in conversation somewhere at some point. I invite, 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 invite Richard over to the dinner party and say, "Look, don't talk about any of that." You can't laser about, out over the dinner party. You can't talk about any vein burning, cutting, cutting. No, you can talk about the game. You can talk about the game, but that, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep the conversation. Kind of like we've been saying, you got multiple passions, right? You you've got a passion for writing, poetry, music, and for being a surgeon. Like if you could only do one of those things, which one would you do, and why? This is a massive question, Eric. I, like this year, I'm actually taking two months off to finish my second novel. So that's a really good question because I'm only 58. I'm not. I love surgery. I love what I do. Um, I love the people I work with. I have about 10 people I work with here in the, in the rooms here. And we, I go and work in a couple of hospitals as well. I still love surgery. Um, but I also have this massive desire to, to write. And to concentrate on writing, you have to, have to dedicate time. And the way I did it over the last five years was I, I put my inefficient five days into three uh, surgery-wise, and, and wrote on Thursday and Friday. And my wife died last year, and that kind of changed things. So I've been a bit distracted, and so I, I need to actually take some time off now and, and do some writing. So I'm going to see at the age of the young age of 58 whether um, I could just sit down and write novels all day. But it's a it's a it's a lovely choice that I've got. I'm, I'm in a position where I can make that choice. But yeah, it's it's really hard to give up something you love and something that you make a living out of and people also depend on you ordering tests and doing things and making hospitals work and so it's it's an interesting choice but yeah i can't answer that question in other words <laughs> no, but that was a good one that was a, that was a, that was a great no answer richard that was, really, that was really good that was thanks really to, good thanks man yeah awesome and certainly we're sorry for the loss 
of your wife. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, uh, aspiring entrepreneur, we, we have quite a few entrepreneurs that are aspiring that, that watch us, and it's always said, "Oh, you you got to follow your passion." You're selecting an opportunity or deciding what business to go into. Curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's crucial to follow your passions. And I think the, the good thing about it is, you know, well, if you're not enthusiastic about doing something, you're not going to succeed. Mm. So you've got to find that enthusiasm somewhere. The good, the good thing about passions is that often that relates to your talents. So hopefully you're sensible enough or you're realistic enough to, to figure out that the, your passions also equal your talents or that you know, that's the ideal where you, you, you're following your talents through. And you're using that passion to make that, that work really well. So I think uh, I think that's that's the main thing. If you, if you don't have the enthusiasm, if you don't have passion, you, you're not going to you're not going to get to the top. You're not going to succeed. So yeah, absolutely crucial passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, good. I, I do think passion plays a role. I know people who get sold this opportunity to go into this franchising opportunity. But they don't really love the business. So now they just, it's like they own a job that they hate, but they yeah. can't leave because they've got so much invested yeah. and they don't have the replacement lined up. And so I, I do think if you're passionate about something, you're, you're going to do the hard things. Yeah. You're going to stay late, be more willing to endure that continuous struggle. I just wanted to hear that from you because it seems like you're just, you're operating in several areas of passion. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you have, I mean, there are certain people just have this amazing ability to succeed. But it, like Martin Luther King, and like you were saying, it doesn't just come from nothing. It mm. comes from some deep space inside you that 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 you imagine his passion for trying to get his message across, mm. and the determination. It's just incredible. And you know, obviously, we all go through phases in our life where we don't have confidence. We don't feel we, we can do do that. I guess I, I've always been mostly pretty confident in my life and um, mostly that's worked out. I, I've never thought I was actually the best uh, at anything in the world, but I, I like to think I can have a good crack at, at stuff and particularly stuff that I, that I love to do. So, yeah, I think that's the thing that having that underlying love for, for where you want to go and where you want to take something is really helpful. I, there are people that I've, I reckon probably battle through without that. I, I, I don't think I don't think they're the ones that actually end up being the Martin Luther Kings and the inspiring mm. people of the world, though. Yeah, you, you know, I, I love people like that because you know, they, they are rare, um, and and they're often you know icons in whatever they do. As I, I love the ones that are like him that are doing it for good, you know. There's plenty of people that have passion and aren't doing it for necessarily great reasons. Right. Um, you make a you make a, a great point there. You know, it's easy for you to be passionate about something that there's a financial gain, yeah. right? For you, or you want a certain type of you know notoriety, but to yeah. to do it and be passionate about something that really doesn't yeah. primarily benefit you, it just benefits others, and that. Uh, yeah. And like Martin Luther King, you're thinking like the greater good of like the world, like yeah. 
like most of us can can even imagine like wanting to commit to something that's like we may say, oh man this guy this guy this thing has to get better like hear that all the time this got to be better this got to change what are you gonna do about it? I don't know and they you know, I have some you know friend, some friends will say yeah you know Richard we may not see it in our lifetime yeah so that means that you're not willing to do a whole lot for it you're just saying yeah. it's got to get better and I'm gonna go back to you know my my uh my world yeah. That's right. Uh, what does it take? Where where does that where does that sort of uh, character come from to be like somebody like Martin Luther King? Mm. Now, where does that uh, you know obviously up his upbringing, his beliefs, um, but there's something extra about something like him, isn't there? There's something special. And John Lennon, I think, is another guy. I mean, he he was a much probably a I mean, I don't. I think there's some flaws with Martin, even Martin Luther King, but uh, Lenin was massively flawed. You know, mm. a, a lot of a lot of wonderful people have clear flaws, but you know, I guess where they're doing their work, or where they're where they're having their impact, is so important. Like how you bring that through, and how how you're remembered, and whether that inspires other people to actually do things as well. Yeah. That's a, a good mark. And there's no doubt Martin Luther King has inspired millions, I'd say, to have hope and to and to push forward and see themselves with dignity and you know and yeah. So he's done he's done well that boy that that man. Yeah, it's, yeah. incredible, incredible. Thanks. So on your website, you talk about your desire to change the world for the better. Yeah. So, so, like, where did that desire come from for you? Sure. Yeah, I, I think I did come from an incredibly loving background. Uh, my family, all about hugs and all about supporting each other and love and tolerance. Um, I was brought up Catholic, um, but it was um, it wasn't a kind of horribly exclusive or intolerant Catholicism. We, you know, the, and and the way I kind of turned out by the time I was 35 I was much more interested in finding out about all sorts of different philosophies and ways of looking at the world not that I have excluded uh, anything but I just think it's great to take on all the best philosophies that you can find not necessarily um, say well I've got this and that's all there is and I'm not going to listen to anybody else or um, so yeah I think I've had a great great upbringing millions of influences literature all the literature all the poets all the even silly things like Jane Austen or you know just these the sort of beautifully written things that look at the world and observe flaws and flawed characters and um, and yeah so I think all of these things have kind of molded me to want to contribute positively in whatever little way I can um whether it be the next patient i see that i make them feel comfortable and if, if they've got to have something done or they don't need something done i don't want to do anything bad by them i i want to do do the best by people and I, yeah i think it's mostly your upbringing mostly where you've come from wonderful friends wonderful yeah just wonderful influences and so many millions of ways that's come into me and i guess i'm very lucky that i've had had that i'm not I try and avoid being a, a really negative 
personal or negative influence on people as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I'm a very lucky person in, in where I, who I've known, where I've met, what I've read, the music I've loved. Yeah, just, um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm certainly not perfect. <laughs> I'm far from perfect. But I, I want to be not a, not a negative force in the world. I want to push the world in the right direction. Yeah. And there's so many things that the world needs pushing in the right direction. I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly flawed world. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've come from. It's, it's, yeah, that's me. I'm just, I've got that in me. Crazy optimism. Crazy optimism. So surgeons are a little bit like that in general, like compared to say intensive care specialists who are saying, well, you're, you're going to die. Uh, surgeons are going, oh, I can save that person. Or, you know, there's a little bit of that about us, I think, that we, we think we can. Yeah, I would think that would help being a surgeon. Yeah. Even if you could, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd want a confident surgeon. Yeah, yeah I, I want them thinking I can win every game. Yeah. Right? I don't want the ones, ah, I've just been having some. No. It's having one in a while, but I'm gonna give you a shot. No, no, that's not the one I want. I want the one that's gonna say, "Yeah, yeah." I kind of go into everyone expecting to to yeah. win. Yeah. yeah, that's important. Well, I have every intention of getting this lady through this afternoon without having a stroke. So yeah. that's uh, yeah, she'll win. She'll be a winner. She'll be yeah, sitting absolutely. up tomorrow morning and she'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we have a, we have entrepreneurial followers who. They're looking to find that higher purpose and start with why. What advice do you have for that person that's looking to find that higher purpose? How, how do you think they should accomplish that? Yeah, that's a great question too. And, and look, I think, as I was saying, there's so many ways to find your truth, um, so many different pathways to get to your truth and to the truth. Um, you're... I think the, the, the biggest danger is to be too myopic, to be too closed off to other ideas. And, and so um, I think one of, the, one of the easiest things is just to start with the idea that you're going to be you're going to look at kindness and you're going to be kind to people. If, if, that, if you can start off with that basic premise, you're, going to, you're not going to go too, too badly. If you, if you have cruelty in your heart or you, you're cruel to people, you're not going to find truth. You're not going to find a higher purpose. So I think looking at kindness is a very important thing to do. Um, tolerance, um, having the ability to understand and not cut yourself off from other philosophies. So I, I really, it makes me sad when I see societies that, that are suppressing other people's beliefs and other people's ways of thinking, um, not letting, say, freedom of expression so important. That's one of the wonderful things about America. There's lots of problems with America, but one of the wonderful things is you guys do have freedom of expression. Um, the, one of the problems with that is that with the, the way the internet's set up and the way media, media is set up, you can get quite many millions of people getting the wrong information. Mm. So while I believe in freedom of expression, it'd be lovely if somehow we could figure out 
and not to misinform people. Or mm. that's a huge problem. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. A lot of selfish factors go into it. Um, how we how we how we change it is a really good question. Mm. So. Yeah, it's, uh, we have different versions of the truth <laughs> that get communicated. Yeah. Um, another freedom of expression I get care were you about to say something I mean I just think that in all platforms right internet television radio music like you can have good or bad stuff right and, you know and people are like you have something I just don't deal with social media because it's so much well it's, it's not social media it's, it's you know it's use of the, the platform right and you know and Everyone adds kind of their personal agendas and things that they want to put out there, and you know, for whatever reason, and we're all wired differently. I mean, I guess it'd be you know, sometimes like, man, if we were all just wired this way, it'd be so much easier in the world. But then, I don't know. I guess then it'd be kind of boring. So I guess you know, we just have all these different perspectives, and you know, and you hope that you have more positive ones than negatives. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about your book. Since you're the author of the book, Imagine, what inspired you to write this book? Well, clearly the song Imagine uh, by John Lennon. Uh, it, I, I'm not quite sure exactly the moment that it came to me to the idea to turn that song into a novel, but it was a good idea and it's a good book. And basically it's taking the the lyrics of imagine which is all about um, love and and peace and no war and and actually creating a my world where i'm the, i'm kind of the narrator dictator if you like it's my political manifesto my love stories my everything goes into this my heart and soul goes into this book um, where i've created a modern world the world as it is today in all different geographies including chicago and alabama and australia and syria and israel south africa places where where there's pretty obvious things you could imagine could be changed and turned it into um a world of john lennon so the it's an a day called imagine day that's the premise where there's a, a lab actually in California that invents a technology that on that they work out that that this alters behavior, it alters intelligence and it alters the way we think. And we think clearly and we think unselfishly and we don't think as criminals and we don't think as aggressive, selfish warmongers. And they get to deploy this on a day called Imagine Day all around the world, this technology. And all of a sudden, the whole world on that day, or I day, or Imagine Day, changes. And pe people, you know, uh, on that day suddenly change their attitude to everything. So there's no more military, there's no more wars, there's no more um, you know, uh, selfish over-capitalism, I guess. There's still capitalism, there's still entrepreneurship, there's still innovation. But things are shared much more. Ideas are shared more freely. Ways of education are shared around the world. Poverty is eliminated around the world. Um, you know, so 
all the sort of budgets that are used for military purposes, nobody worries about war anymore because the 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 way you think now is you, you know, you're not worried about China or you're not worried about Russia. It's just the world. So that's that's kind of what inspired it was was the song and turning that song into into a whole bunch of love stories and a whole bunch of my ideas for how the world could be if if, mm. if we were sensible and intelligent so it's yeah. and that, that's interesting just i mean curious to know like your creative process like when you come out with ideas like, do you have a system or structure to generate ideas how does that come about yeah, I think what I, my creative process was to dedicate time. Um, so you need a, I had a space and I had time and I had a, a kind of method where I'd spend, well, once I had the idea, it was kind of easy. I, I just got stuck into it. But I'd spend the whole morning researching. So you'd go to Mexico um, and research a little town. You know, there's it, so many different ways to, to find information out about, about things now. But say my the story in mexico is of this beautiful place called san cristobal and it's gorgeous but you know there's a coca-cola factory set up there in the 1950s that basically destroyed everybody's health so they went from this sort of wiry skinny uh healthy mountain people in mexico to these obese kids mm. obese people with all all got type 2 diabetes mm. and so we're, obviously when imagine day comes along you know that the, the Coca-Cola factory goes and people go back to drinking water and um, get healthy again and their diabetes goes away and everybody has a great time in Mexico. But um, I'd spend you know, the whole morning researching San Cristobal and the, the walks and the horse rides and the, all those beautiful things you could do uh, in San Cristobal. The, the diabetes problem, the corruption, the, the, the terrible things that happen in, in Mexico. Um, well, I'd spend a whole morning researching the Uyghur situation in China. So, you know, the concentration camps they've got in Western China with these uh, Muslim ethnic groups in the, in the West part of China just sort of locked up. Um, American government's done a pretty good job complaining about, about that and legitimately so too. It's a terrible situation. But then I'd, I'd go and have lunch. I'd come back and I'd just tap out of you know, 1,500 words. So it was, it was a very joyful you come home at the end of the day, the sun was coming down over my nice space that I was riding in and I'd just drive back and uh, I knocked off another 1,500 words and it was just an incredible process over, over about four years that I did that. I was pretty disciplined. It was, it was a good space, a good creative space. So, yeah, you need that idea. You need willpower. You need um, time and, and, and a good place to do it. But, yeah. Did you do like a... Did you do a word count per day? The, I'm going to write a thousand, fifteen hundred words a day, or no, no, I'd, I, um, I'd be happy if I just wrote anything because, but the, the the thing was, once you've got your your basic facts and you can work around it, uh, I found it quite easy to 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 write five hundred to fifteen hundred words, and it didn't bother me whether I wrote a certain amount. Um, I know, like Winston Churchill could write a hundred thousand hundred thousand word novel or history in a week uh, it took me five years to write <clears throat> seventy thousand. Oh, i wrote 100 130 words because i was writing two novels at the same time but um yeah he would he, he could knock 
book off in no time. And I know a lot of uh, young writers these days knock off another young romance novel in a, in a month. I, and I'm not saying it's not good quality either. It quite possibly would be, but I, I can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, I guess people have all sorts of different ways of approaching that creativeness and writing. Um, and it doesn't matter, I don't think, if you write slowly or you write fast. It's, it's, I mean, if it's your profession, then you've got to, you've got to get on with it and, and do it. Um, for me, it was a bit of a luxury, but I took it very seriously. I love, I love the process, and it was a wonderful thing to do. And I'm, I'm so glad I, I did it. I've always wanted to write a novel. I've started things, and I've, I've written lots of poetry, and I'm, I do use the silly uh, social media platform of Twitter to write my crazy little thoughts out. So, yeah, I have to admit that little addiction. But, um, yeah, to actually get a whole work out is, is a great feeling. It's a good, really good feeling. Is there a target audience for the book? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much for most ages. There's a, there's a, a couple of little, you know, um, scenes that are, maybe young adult upwards, but it's, it's, um, there's so, so much of it, like 90% of it is, is full of delicious foods and delicious scenes and delicious people. And it's a, it's a, it's an easy read. It's an entertaining read. So it's, it's, it's a very simple book to read, but it's full of ideas. All these ideas are hidden in the characters and hidden in the stories. Um, you know, uh, there's Alabama's a, in terms of Martin Luther King context, that's a really interesting story, uh, chapter of the book. Um, you know, there's, that's, a, that's an incredible place to research, the jails of Alabama and the, and the towns of Alabama. And wow, I mean, you know, and the different attitudes and how that could change if people came to understand things a little bit better and were more tolerant of each other and you know, it's, it's an incredible place, but wow, there's a bit to, a bit to talk about it in, in that sort of context. Yeah. So that's a wonderful place to change overnight, you know, um, if you can, in your novel, in your dreams. Um, Chicago, I've driven through Chicago and, uh, you know, there's some gorgeous, it's a gorgeous city. And if you can imagine the whole of Chicago as being full of arts and full of culture and full of great food and uh, rather than some of some of the scary stuff that you see it's you know that's another it's another great thing nice. australia is not perfect you know we have our issues one of the things is sort of getting to understand our indigenous origins and our in respect you know that our indigenous people had for the land and to to come to grips with that i think it's going to take 100 years Australians to come to grips with the full heritage that we've kind of missed out on and suppressed. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like I said at the top, I think the message of your book and your focus to making the world better, it's the ideal topic for a day like today. Yeah. You know, being the, the dream and wanting to see things better. And, you know, I would just encourage people that are watching this not to discount those thoughts you have. Those yeah. imagination that you have, because I think things can get better if you yeah. if you want them to, and you're committed to making them better. So, no, this, this is 
Awesome. So, so what's next on the horizon for you? Yeah, I've got um, uh, 90% through the second novel. Uh, it's completely different. It's a, uh, it's more a classic story, uh, more a his historical romance based in the 11th century, which is an amazing uh, century. So this is a, the, the Norman Knights, and it's, a, it's the story of the uh, Battle of Hastings and how the, the uh, French, the Normans, took over with William the Conqueror England and the, the kind of making of England. The, the England is a combination of the, the French Norman Viking influence and the Anglo-Saxon sort of basic sort of language of England. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a coming together of the Norman, we've got a Norman knight and a Celtic sort of red-haired woman. They're the kind of main characters. Uh, and, and it's such a funny century because there's a lot known about it, but there's also a lot not known about it. Um, so you can throw in dragons and you can throw in uh, ceremonies at Stonehenge and, uh, you know, sacrifices on heelstones and sun rising and on winter solstices. And you can create all sorts of uh, interesting things in that century. Um, and a lot of interesting things happened in, the, in 1066. We had Halley's Comet flying over the horizon. And that's always given, been a great portend for massive change. So there's been a lot of big things that have happened when Halley's Comet's been around. Um, so there's a lot of myth and mysticism in, in the second novel. Uh, so I've just got to finish the last 10%. It's, it's up here in my brain, but it's got to get down on the on the paper. So it's nearly there. So hey, well, It's going to be excellent. And I'm going to be in line when that second book uh, comes out as well. So now we're at the, the part of the program. This is actually, Richard, this is Ted's favorite part of the program. It's called Write This Down. Yeah. And this is where we each, we go around and we leave at least one idea from today's show that we want our followers to write down so yeah. they can get better. So, so Richard, you're the, the guest of honor. We'll start with you. What's that one idea you have for people based on today's show that you want them to write down? Yeah, a great question again. I'm going to say, write this down. Find find something to be hopeful about and go for it. Don't try and exploit or fool people. So that's that's my message. Find something to be hopeful about. Find something to be hopeful about. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good one. The top one to follow as a... This is why, Richard, I don't care for this part because I get to always follow behind some person that says something really great, you know. And, and uh, Eric, oh, always on, Ted, you can and, Eric, and Eric is getting prepared while I'm scrambling. So look, I, you know, I go back to uh, you know, kind of Eric, uh, the topic you uh, you put out in the very beginning where you said, uh, "Imagine the dream when experiencing a nightmare." Right. So I think it just says. I just see that as you just have to stay focused on like there, like where there is. There's the dream there. You know, Martin Luther King had a, a dream of, you know, everyone just kind of being together and being, you know, love and just all like together. Like there's just no, you know, Little issues with color and all of that. Just everybody's just kind of 
the dream because everybody's just God's, you know, God's children and we all are, you know, treating it as such. Yeah. You know, I think about it from an entrepreneur side, right? There's tough days, right? There's going to be days when, you know, you don't get the, the contract opportunity. There's going to be days when you have challenges with employees. There's going to be days that you're going to feel like, why am I doing this? Let me just quit. But then if the dream was success, the, the dream was or is, you know, making an impact, changing the world, then you just keep pushing towards the the dream, you know, no matter what you're dealing with and let that dream continue to kind of fuel what you're doing. And kind of going back with, again with Martin Luther King, you know, when you had that situation where they were like, hey, why don't we just move north, as you said, right? And it's like, yeah, but there's business that I need to take care of here, right? So yeah, I know it would be easier to do that, but easy is not what I'm looking for here. I'm looking at being impactful and 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 I'm thankful, right, for 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 his sacrifice and on this day and not just this day, you know, all days to think that things that we're doing would not have even been possible without his sacrifice and his focus on the the dream, even through probably very many nightmarish that's a word uh situations that he and his family encountered yeah yeah, yeah. very well said and love how you tied in dr king mm -hmm. to that and, and so what as far as what you need to write down from my standpoint i just think about this idea that especially when you have a big dream it, a lot of times it's not just about you mm. i i had an experience where when I was having one of those days where I mean, I'm at this event and book sales aren't going like I think they should be. And I'm having these conversations with people that are frustrating me. And then I came across a, a young lady who says to me, oh, you know, several years ago, I bought your uh, your, your audio program and it, it literally inspired me to stop procrastinating my business. Wow. And so you have to think about it that it's not just about you mm. and that if you don't follow through with your dream you could be impacting someone else yeah. wow you know yeah. I, I, you just have to keep, if you keep that it could that, that someone else could be people in your house it could be your kids that are watching you that they, they may follow in your footsteps so I, I think it's so important to follow through because it's not about you and one of the things that stands out about dr king I mean, he didn't even see the full end result. Mm. He just had this dream, and he, he said that, "Look, I'm, I'm not going to get there with you. I, I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. I'm not going to get there with you, but we're going to get there." Mm. And yeah. I think you just have to understand that this is such. You have to be plugged into something that's greater than yourself. But if you realize that it's not about you, it makes it easier to endure the struggles and the challenges. Wow! Wow! So. Well, so we may have that next top vascular surgeon out there right now that's hearing that. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, <clears throat> you need you need the poets, you need the, the the Martin Luther Kings, you need the writers to inspire. And yeah, I, I don't underestimate it at all. Even if 
even if a thousand people have read read it so far, you know, um, you know, you never know what impact that's going to have, what domino effect that's going to have. And I, I've already had amazing, wonderful feedback on on the book, and I'd love lots and lots of people to read it and give me their thoughts. And if it changed the world, if it actually was one of those books that that did take off at some point, and people said, "Wow, we should do this. This is fantastic. These ideas are really cool. Let's do it for the world." Well, even better. But you know, you, you can't be too unrealistic about book sales and you know there's two million books put out a year it's incredible but it's um you know i i think yeah you gotta keep dreaming you gotta keep pushing and hoping and um and, and follow through i you guys put put that so beautifully well done mm-hmm. yeah this has been a great episode and we certainly want to thank dr richard harris uh for joining us and sharing everything he shared and inspiring everybody to dream so how can people best connect with you yeah i think the best the best way is uh website uh which is richardaharris.com um the best thing is to go and grab the book so just grab it on amazon uh imagine a novel richard a harris uh yeah i'd I'd love to hear from anyone i i adore feedback i adore talking to people about it i had a patient's wife tell me yesterday that it was the one of the most unusual books she's ever read and and she loved it and so you know even this older lady telling me this is just such beautiful feedback so yeah i think yeah i'm on twitter rich harris too on twitter if you want to look for some madness and on uh, on that silly platform yeah rick is so so cool i can I almost think i can hear him say you can even call me at the house just call me yeah at the house. Answer, leave a message. I'll call you. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. I'm pretty open. Yeah. I don't answer. I'm burning a vein. That's why I'm burning away. That's my only excuse. Yeah, I'm burning away. Slashing That's right. Otherwise, I'm free. There you go. It's great to talk to you guys. Wonderful. That's a pleasure. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. And our goal for these episodes is to help you to laugh, to learn, and to ultimately level up. And we just ask if you felt like we did that for you to share the show. Share the show. Share the show. Do it. Don't don't keep Dr. Richard Harris a secret. Uh His book, Imagine, needs to get out there and help people to use their imagination as well. So please make sure you share the show and you share this episode. Don't forget, this will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all those other great places you like to listen to your podcast. Well, that's our show for this time. Until we meet again, have a great one.